with that, let's please welcome Susie Pomerantz. Thank uh, you, Mike. I gotta say, I should come to your sessions more often because between your comments and Willie's comments, this is you know the best self-help I've had all year. <laughs> <laughs> but well, um, I really appreciate you having me and it's wonderful to meet you all. And the reason we're doing this different format that Mike just walked you through is because I wanna make sure that um, in our 20 minutes together, we're doing things that are relevant and meaningful and will add value to you specifically. So rather than just me talking about what I think you need to know, I want to really spend time hearing what you think you want to know or how I can help you. Okay. Well, first of all, all of us have people we need to work with and, and get the most out of. And I think we all recognize that people work at a fraction of their capability. And so Susie, your job is to unlock that potential with people. So step us through what an executive coach is, because uh, all of us are kind of like the accidental coach, right? We do it because we kind of figured it out or we try to do it. You're actually trained. So what's your, what was your path to executive coaching and what's your practice look like? So my path was kind of accidental and circuitous, I would say. Um, I was hell-bent on becoming a school teacher, did grad school and undergrad at the same time because um, I was in a big hurry to get out and teach because uh, I loved kids. And the accidental part is that while I was doing my graduate work and undergraduate work at the same time, I volunteered in a lot of leadership roles and discovered a passion for leadership that I didn't know about until I started leading a whole bunch of stuff. Um, got out you know, got my degrees, started my teaching career and hated it. So decided for the next year, I would, you know, try a whole different school environment, a whole different circumstance, different age kids, you know, change it up. So I changed it up in the second year. I hated it and um, changed it up one more time and hated it again. So I decided three strikes, I'm out. And the one constant through all that was that I was volunteering in leadership programs. And just because that's what made me feel good and I enjoyed the leadership stuff. So I was kind of drawn to leadership accidentally, even though I was hell-bent on being a teacher. Um, so what happened when I decided three strikes I'm out and left my career that I was in such a hurry to get to was I basically gave myself six months to figure it out. And in those six months, I conducted 150 informational interviews. And I learned some important lessons about networking and business development by doing that. But what I really learned in those 150 informational interviews is that the really the best way to translate my teaching skill set and degree into corporate America was to do some kind of corporate training and or consulting. And every time someone suggested consulting, I just would brush it off and laugh because I was a teacher. You know, I'm not a corporate person. What do I know about consulting to organizations? Um, and one of the people that I met during informational interviews was the president of a company that was doing transformational coaching with leaders in organizations around the world. And they trained me. They put me through a really intensive boot camp. They took me apart as a teacher, put me back together as a coach. And that was 28 years ago. And I haven't looked back since. Wow. Wow. And so what type of individuals do you coach right now? Mostly senior executives, VP level and above, but I also seem to have a whole lot of PhD scientists. And I'm putting a link in the chat box to everyone if you want to go kind of take a look at the website and see the overview of the kind of clients I work with. But I figure let's mm -hmm. not spend time on that. Here. Oh, okay. Well, uh, what type of things do you help them with? Give us a picture of kind of what the journey looks like when they come to you and what, what your work looks like and how they end up? 
the majority are coming for sounding board support that's really customized to their situation. These are senior level executives. They know what they're doing, but they don't necessarily have a safe and confidential place to think out loud with a thought partner. And that's what my sounding board work does. So it's really specific to each individual, customized to who they are, what industry they're in, what challenges they're dealing with. Um, and really it's pinpointed, targeted, customized one-on-one -on -one support. It could be navigating internal politics, could be managing up, could be dealing with a difficult employee, could be someone working on a promotion or any other kind of transition. Um, it's really just a confidential place to think out loud, a safe place to vent if that's what you need to do, because you can't really do that with your peers or your boss or your directs. So that's what coaching is. Do you, do you ever report back or because it's confidential? No, it's all Never. nothing, nothing that you, everything they say to you stays in that little bubble. Vegas. It's Vegas. I've had bosses ask, I've had, you know, sponsors in the organization coming from the perspective of, Hey, I'm paying the bill. I need to know. And my answer is then I'm out. No, it's not safe for the person. Yes, you're paying the bill, but you're investing in their development. And mm -hmm. if it's not safe for them to speak candidly to their coach without fear of it going back elsewhere in the organization, then no, the coaching won't work. Mm -hmm. do, do they all want your services or do you get some people who are skeptical or even reluctant? Uh, I don't take those. Mm -hmm. So um, what you're talking about, I would call... Um, remedial coaching, right? When the boss says, you got to go fix that person. The work that I do isn't really about fixing anybody. The work that I do is providing a safe place for you to get out of your own way because you're up to something that you need support to get to, right? And um, if, if someone is saying you need to get fixed, mm -hmm. that's for training. That's not for coaching. So that's okay. where I make that distinction. And so a typical, what, what's kind of a typical coaching call? What's that look like? How long is it? And kind of, is it segmented or do you, do you take each one individually or do you have a process or how do you do that? They're typically about an hour mm -hmm. and some folks like to meet weekly. Some like to meet once a month. Some like to meet every other week. It's really highly customized. Um, each call or conversation is highly customized to the client's agenda. So it could be if they're preparing for an upcoming difficult conversation and they want a sounding board or, you know, kind of play out different strategies. It could be any kind of strategy work really on anything that they're dealing with. Um, could be navigating any kind of real-time challenge that they're facing. Um, could be that they're working on a longer-term shift or transformation, something that they want to change. Um, maybe a shift in how they want to view a situation or a circumstance that they have a way to choose different actions that might serve them or their team better. Um, so it's, it's really highly varied. It's not segmented. It's really just, if you're coming to a coaching call, it's your agenda and your agenda has sort of two layers. It has the immediate need that of whatever you're dealing with that day, but it also has the longer term goals that you've established. You want to work on in coaching. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, do you assign follow-up work or practices or exercises or is, is every kind of session self-contained? No, there's definitely in between work, but it's, it, there's nothing off the shelf. It's all highly customized. So it, some calls or some coaching sessions, nothing will come as a follow-up assignment. It's just, you'll be venting and you'll get answers in that moment and you'll be ready to go. Sometimes mm -hmm. Um, in the course of the conversation, what gets generated are things you might try between now and the next session, or 
things to go read or things to go do and then experiment with. And then we'll discuss it when, you know, when we come back together. So there, there's no set process of first do this, then do this, then here's your homework. And then here's your pre-work. And it, it's not like that. It's all generated in real time with each person. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting, Susie, um, some of the most successful leaders in the USA, when you ask them, what was the secret to your success? They'll say, I had a great executive coach. So mm-hmm. Bill Gates has said that. Um, I'm just reading a book right now by the, the former president of Best Buy. And he had, um, um, uh, he had an executive coach. And I'm trying to think of the, the gentleman. Um, they, uh, I'm just forgetting it right now. But uh, one of the leading executive coaches in the USA. Uh, but, but he thanked him for it. And uh, the same with Eric Schmidt. Uh, and he had Bill Campbell as his executive coach. And he said he owes everything. So the, the most successful people in the country go back and say, we owe it all to our coach who helped us become who we are. So it's really a, a, a noble activity that you're doing to unlock that. One last question before we go to our uh, live coaching sessions is, um, what's the biggest difference between us out here, the accidental people who've never been trained and yourself a trained person? What's the single biggest difference between these sessions would you say? I think it has to be that the way coaches are trained is to listen reflectively and to hear what's not said. And I think regular, you know, if you're not trained, you could be a great listener. You could be an active listener. You could be a really generous listener an empathic listener. There's all kinds of different ways to listen. Um, but it's a special kind of training to listen for the unsaid. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a great answer. Well, we've got, um, I'm going to put in the chat window, uh, Susie has agreed to do, you might say one up and one down. So somebody who has uh, an issue uh, would like to communicate better with their boss, and a person who needs to communicate or coach their um, employee, I've got two voluntolds which means if nobody raises their hand, I'm going to pick them. Um, But I'll throw it open first. If somebody wants to go in the chat window and really, 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 really would like to have Susie's help, do it now. Otherwise, I'll go to my voluntolds. And this could be anything you're grappling with in real time. So you don't have to use names. You can protect the innocent. Um, But if there's a challenge that you're having with a difficult employee or if there's a challenge that you're having with your boss or even a peer, um, you know, we kind of looked at one up, one down, but it can be really whatever you're facing right now that you might want to get some. Support. Right. Well, I'm going to pick my first voluntold because uh, she has a meeting in 15 minutes. Oh, pick me. <laughs> All right. Uh, Lauren Mattia. Um, uh, thank you for volunteering and uh, tell Susie, you don't have to use the person's name, but uh, what's the situation? And have, we're going to go five minutes each, one for Lauren, and then the next one will be five minutes as well. So, Lauren? Great. So, the situation is that we have a system in place um, to monitor our processes. So, uh, let me preface I'm a sales manager um, in charge or leading our business development team. So, our account executives are focused on new brands. And I have a high producer, my star player. Um, and she has been referred to as a machine. And, ooh, sorry about that. She um, works through deals quickly. 
And I think that, um, you know, based on my selling style and, and some of the advice we heard earlier this morning, I think she may be missing many opportunities to learn more about the customer. And by doing so, um, there's, have, there have been recent changes in orders that have come um, further down the process where an order gets turned in for one thing and then through further discovery, um, the order has changed once it's in the operational team's hands. And that is causing rework and uh, issues internally um, to say the least. Um, and it's not creating a great team member experience as well as, as well as a customer experience. And she's highly skilled. You know, she's, like I said, she's been uh, producing consistently for many years. Um, she and I have very different styles. When I try to, to understand what, you know, her method is, her, you know, her selling methods, um, she gets very closed and, and, you know, just tells me that, you know, I've been doing this for years. We have different styles, you know, I'm doing everything I should be. Um, and, you know, very focused on the mechanical and the technical components of the sale, but I think missing the, missing the bigger picture. And so I'm having difficulty coaching to that. Um, you know, and I'll preface too, that I try to always compliment or find, you know, where she's doing something well, and then, you know, inserting or asserting that I'm seeing a gap. And that's where we get into a lot of, you know, many like excuses or reasons or defensiveness. What matters to her? Well, she's, what matters to her is being, she likes being number one. Um, she likes being on top. And as far as, you know, sales figures, um, she has shared with me that she's getting burnout um, working on small deals. I do know she likes helping. She she does like helping team members as well as the customers. So. so, so does she get measured on the number of closes? Is that how she's measured? Certainly. Yep. Yes. And does she interpret that? Um, taking a more relational approach to her sales process would reduce her number of closes? It, and let me preface, it's not number of closes. It's actually a, um, a revenue figure. And that, and what we've been trying to do is navigate, you know, kind of move the needle from small transactional deals to, you know, larger opportunities mm -hmm. so that she could still hit her number, of course, but it would give her the opportunity to develop a relationship. And um, so, I apologize. Um, no, no, that's good. So she cares about helping. She cares about her numbers. Mm -hmm. She cares about her success. She cares about her having experience and feels threatened when she feels that you're questioning her experience in some way. Yes. So how, how might you make her feel safe and valued and appreciated while linking what you want her to do which is build deeper relationships so she better understands the client need. How might you link that to what she cares about, which is her numbers, her making a difference, having an impact, feeling valued? Maybe asking her questions around, would you appreciate having more time to spend with that customer so that you can find more opportunities to help them? 
Yeah. What else? <laughs> I'm saying what else? Not like that was wrong. That was a great answer. I'm just saying <laughs> if there's more, if there's another layer there. I'm sure there is. Um, you know, what, what can we do? What can she do? I mean, she's such a rock star. Yeah, she's such a rock star. Maybe put it to her, right? What, so if you were to say to her, look, what would get you, what would help you? What do you need? What support do you need from me as your leader to help you get your numbers, feel like you're having the impact you want to have, and yet have more time to get to know the clients better so that we don't have this operational side rework because they've changed down the line. Would she be able to solve for that? I, I can hear some of the things she would say, you know, um, and, and I feel like the problem is cyclical because she would say, you know, um, eliminate these accountability issues that are going in on me, meaning, you know, we have a system in place that identifies where she's missed a detail, made a mistake, um, simplify the process. Um, and we've been spending, I can say leadership has been spending an absorbent amount of time on that and we haven't gotten it right yet. Um, when you say it, you mean the system, revamping yeah. the system? Systems and processes. Yeah. So do the which, is not my, which is not my one, one minute time, okay, just to, to wrap this up, okay? So, so it sounds like there's a couple things going on. One is that the systems and processes need to reflect what you really want people to be doing, which is not just hitting their numbers, but doing it in a relational way so that they understand the client's needs. Mm -hmm. So there's maybe something to do with the systems and processes to reflect that and reward that. But I think directly with this person that you're leading, um, I think it would be really getting in with her to help her see that you're on her side, that you value her experience, and that given her experience, you'd like her to propose three solutions for how she might have both and, right? I think in her mind, it's an either or. Either I get my numbers or I spend time finding out what the client really wants on this relational side. So if you have her challenge, I would challenge her to come back to you with three ways that she could do it that would really work best with her experience. So that that way she's solving it within her experience, not feeling like she's got to change herself to, to match you. Great. Okay, thank you. Obviously, Susie, you can get a lot of work done in an hour. You can see digging in here takes time but but notice everybody at, at what what uh, Susie did she didn't say really anything she asked and she let Lauren and there were a lot of kind of pauses in there as the wheels were turning I, I love how that works Susie we all us amateurs here jump in with the solution and you allow the person to kind of figure it out. That's, that's amazing. I, I really love that example. And thank you. I've thank got another you Lauren for um, being on the hot seat and sharing. Your example. <laughs> and if, if um, there is more to it, you know, if you want to do a little email back and forth, if there's other layers, I'm happy to play that out further with you. Um, well, thank, thank you. you. Um, let's move to another one. And I got a message from Dusty Miller and uh I've, I'm actually familiar with this one. I've actually heard this person before, but Dusty's question is, actually, Dusty, why don't I ask you to pose it so then Susie hears it directly from you. So Dusty? All right. So I never knew this term existed until I actually saw it in, in some blog. Um, so I'd be curious, Susie, how you handle uh, coaching leadership to deal with uh, brilliant jerks. 
<laughs> oh, that's a great term. Brilliant jerks. I love that. Yeah, there's a lot of those. Um, they they all tend to gravitate towards the highest levels of leadership, don't they? Um, yes, because they want to know everything that's going on so that they can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So brilliant jerks are like the rest of us. They want to be seen. They want to be valued. They want to feel special. They want to feel heard. So finding out whatever you can do to find out what they care most about, what matters most to them, what they're up to, and how you can line up your priorities to support what they're up to is going to tame the jerk in them. And then you'll just get the brilliance. Sounds so easy. <laughs> I know it sounds a lot easier than it is, but it has a lot to do with really coming from a place of curiosity and openness in asking them questions rather than just um, taking them at face value or being put off by their jerkiness. The jerkiness is usually um, to overcompensate for an insecurity. So if you can handle- Dusty, why don't we do this? Dusty, you be the jerk and Susie, you be Dusty, okay? Well, I want to make sure, Mike, are we going to have time for the <laughs> the other coaching situation? If we no, this is this is this this will be the second one. We don't okay. need my second voluntold because uh, Dusty raised his hand ahead of time. So okay, cool. So okay. tell me about the guy. Tell me about the jerk. I'm assuming it's a guy. It might not be. Uh, he's a sales guy. Uh, he's been with me for ten years. Um, he's part of the leadership team because he had so much value uh, that he wanted to input into the team, uh, but yet he never brings anything to the table. He never takes notes. He just, it's all about him. Uh, he's very highly compensated. Um, he does many, he does marketing and sales, but um, he really just doesn't, he always wants to put his, his two cents in and not um, really contribute anything that has a long-term meaningful value to the firm. So th those are the kind of things I'm challenged with. And um, what does he care most about besides himself? His uh, big fluffy feathers, you know. The looking peacock, good? Peacocking around, you know, just yeah, being, good. yeah. Yeah. Um, so with the, so he's, he's, how would you know if he was contributing and adding value in the ways that you Think he ought to be in alignment with his compensation what would that look like it'd look like uh bringing ideas to to you know from cr uh, cradle to crypt manage them getting them all the way done documenting them making sure that other people he works with other people to get things done uh he's he's notorious for not working with other people uh it's just he does it all himself because he's absolutely brilliant So working with other people would be something you could see that would demonstrate that he's adding value and contributing rather sure. than just putting in his two cents and taking, taking things on his own. But also this cradle to grave business would mean that um, he's contributing multiple times throughout the process. Yeah. Right. And working with the team to make things done. You'd think the but the yeah. team probably doesn't want to work with him. I'd imagine given. No, they're scared to death of him. Yeah. Um, what is he hiding? What is he afraid of? What's his, what's, what's his insecurity that he thinks nobody sees because he's covering it? 
probably his background, you know, very poor upbringing, you know, those types of things. So very attached to and driven by the compensation. Yes. Believing he's entitled to it and deserving of it, not still earning it. Yes. Got it. Um, so I'm going to propose some resources for you to consider. Um, there is a great book called um, Why Is It Always About You? It's about the seven deadly habits of narcissists. It's written by a woman social worker whose name I can't recall at the moment. I think it's Hotchkiss, but I'd have to double check on that. So I'll look that up and, and put that in the chat box for you. Um, and then there's also some online resources that might be helpful to you and the team. Uh, there's on YouTube, there's a series of videos by a gentleman named Dr. Les Carter called Surviving Narcissism. Um, and if you want the female perspective, there's a Dr. Romani who is a woman who also does videos on narcissism. And I'm not a psychologist, you know, I'm not diagnosing your person, but a lot of what you've shared sounds like it fits the criteria for a narcissist, which is a unique breed of brilliant jerk and worth ed educating yourself and your teammates about in dealing with this person. Um, because they're not ever going to behave the way you want them to. I, I would venture a guess that um, the person you're describing lacks empathy. Yeah, that's the yes. hallmark of the narcissist. Yeah. So there's a different way of dealing with them than the normal difficult person. Um, and I think those resources might prove helpful to you. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Susie, um... I'm sensing this is the tip of the tip of the tip of the iceberg. And so thank you for. Uh, That's a tough one, Dusty. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> There's a um, bunch of those in the workplace. Yeah. But uh, I, I can just see from your, these two interactions, why you're brilliant at what you do. And you really help people figure it out uh, by asking the right questions and being observant and being a terrific listener. So thank you. Let's put a bow on this, Susie. And so if you had a, um, uh, a recommendation for the people here. Uh, let's summarize kind of, you know, your, your major thought of the session and then a recommendation for the group. Sure. So I would say it, in coaching the people that you coach in your roles, um, the, the most important thing to recognize for all of us is that all humans need to feel valued and special and seen. And so if you remember that and listen accordingly, rather than listening for what you wanna say, it will completely shift your coaching. Um, and a resource, there's a colleague of mine named Michael Bungay-Stanier who's written a great book called The Coaching Habit, which for anyone who is a manager and wants to increase their coaching skills, that book is written specifically to you and for you. Um, so I can go ahead and put that in, put the link in the box for that too. I'll go look up, what, now I'm looking up the, oh, the narcissist book and the coaching habit book. So I'll put those in the um, chat box as yeah. we move on to the next person. But um, uh, it, do we have a minute if anyone has questions or? Um, I would say at this point, probably not, just because okay. any question that you have is going to be a 10 minute answer, probably to, to, do, to do it correctly. And so, you know, you're well, not. Feel free to, to email me if you have questions or concerns or anything that you want to yeah. say. 
Well, Susie, thank you so much. You're brilliant. And um, this just, I'm even more in, um, in awe of your abilities. And so uh, thank you for this. And you're always good about putting things in the chat window. I know when we do our other kind of conversations, you're always putting things in the chat window. So never close a session out without pulling out the chat when Susie's on the call. So thank you so much. You're terrific. And I thank you, Mike. Thank you for, for having me. Nice thank to meet you, you all.